welcome to Activates Podcast. My name is Ambria, and we exist to activate the love of the Father in the hearts of today's generation, to mentor and disciple them to love God and love people. I hope you enjoy today's message. For a few seconds and up again. And so, yeah, it's just good, it's good stuff. And um, we're in this season Right. I always talk about seasons, and, and you know, especially when my kids were they were very young, and um, it's like, man, you, there's certain seasons you don't think you're ever going to get out of. And um, and for us, we've always been right um, head on in ministry, and so, but now we're in this high school season where sports are a little different. You know, I'm like, these, yeah, like, they're professionals, man. For soccer, they have games, like, five days a week. It's crazy. Um, and now, Brad's like, one of those things is, you know, in raising a family. Um, and my son, who's very active in sports, right, but, you know, the bigger picture, as I tell him, you know, tell our family, we just don't want to be a Christian family, like. Our heart desires, how can we be a Christ-centered family in all that we do? And, and, um, and as I su- support them, you know, one of my biggest thing is to keep Christ at the center. And, you know, that's why more than just being a support um, for them and to them in their athletics and all those different things, it's for them to see and say, I will support you, but <laughs> my goal is to keep keep myself close to God and keep our family close to God so I will drive four hours to go support you but I gotta get back to the house of the Lord and though that is hard and sacrificial but bigger picture is that they know daddy loves them but daddy loves Jesus because daddy loves Jesus daddy's able to love them you know, and so those are the things that for us is so important. Um, for all of us. You know, as I think about activating our families, it's, man, I grew up, I, I grew up pretty, pretty poor, right? You know, it's like, I didn't have, I didn't grow up with, um, Nikes and things like that, and you guys remember the BKs, British Knights? Anybody? Yeah, I saw an ad like they're they're, they're coming out. Now you want to be popular, right? Here. LA Gears and all those different things, and <laughs> but it's those things now, right? You know, as I look at our kids, it's like man, um, trying to raise them in, in, in right in a place now that everything, you know, the world says, man, this, this is what it. It means it's gonna make you feel good and and look good and be good and uh, but we have to be a place where we're actually you know um, investing, reminding them of their identity because many of us as adults we get caught up in that as well and so as a church you know what does Jesus really care about right? He cares about the heart but we live in a time we live in a world where the pressures on that we forget. Let us take a time to pray and, and dive in this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. 
Oh, God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your people. And, Father, we just pray for your will to be done. Because, Lord, this is more than four walls. Lord, this is about eternity. This is about relationship with you. This is about a God who cares for each soul. This is more than what looks good, what sounds good. This is about hearts, God, that are, some are in joy. Some are in pain. Some are in courage and some are discouraged. So, Lord, we come before you right now because you're a God that cares about the heart. You're not a God who cares about the show. You're not a God who cares, Lord, about how good the flow, the agenda, the services. You're a God that truly cares about the condition of your bride. So, Holy Spirit, we come before you. And I just pray that each and every one of us, God, can experience you, can have an encounter with you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we know, we've been in this series called Mira, Look. Right? Jesus called and, and he wants his church back. He wants his bride back. And these last several weeks we've just been digging at our hearts and our attitudes and our behaviors because the church overall in America hasn't reflected the Jesus who died, the Jesus who resurrected, the Jesus who showed us the way, right? In America, as an overall church, like, we really have not reflected the heartbeat of God. And, and so these last several weeks, and we'll close it out next week, but these last several weeks, we've just been digging at the heart the people that says Jesus is Lord. And so Jesus wants his bride to have his heartbeat in all that we do. And so one of the things that Jesus uh, wants is he wants us to be alive. To be fully alive. That's what God wants, right? God wants his church to be fully alive. Tell some, ask somebody. Are you fully alive? Like, are you fully living? Or are you just maintaining? All right? I mean, do you wake up every morning with an expectation? Or you just wake up every morning like, here we go again. Jesus wants his church to be fully alive. And let's go to John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, right? That's what the enemy wants, right? So every we're working up and, and we have this, again, like we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, this ear attitude and behavior like, ah, oh, there's no joy, there's no hope, I'm just existing, nobody cares about me, God doesn't care about me. That's the enemy's job. But this is what Jesus says. This is what he came to do, says, I, this is Jesus, right? I have come that day. Us believers, those who are following him, those who said yes to him, says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants us to be fully alive. That's what Jesus wants. If we're not living fully alive, what is happening? So 
All right, here's some, I'm going to show you some photos real quick of some normal football fans, all right? You know, so if you go to a football game, all right, here's some normal photos. You might see, you're like, oh, yeah, all right? So when people see these, uh, that, these fans, they celebrate this and they, um, they're fans because they're all in. So let's see the first photo, all right? This first photo reminds me of Cameron, all right? It's like, you know... Right? You see this stuff, it's like, it, 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 it's normal, right? So like a Raiders game, this is what you're going to see, right? It's like, it's a dark hole, all right? You know, and it's like, it's normal. You expect it, right? You know, these are, they're fans. They're all in. And then you have Saints fans, right? You know, it's crazy, right? And it's like, that's what you expect. It's like, oh, man, those are die committed fans. And they have Eagles fans, you know, who don't take off their shirts, you know, <laughs> right? You know, but when you see this guy, it's like, oh, my goodness, this guy is committed. He's all in, right? We celebrate these things. And then you have Seahawks grandma fans, right? It's like, how that is, but she's committed, right? And then, you know, then these fans here, like, are very committed, all right? And, I mean, you can tell these are very fans. Here's the Cowboys fans. They're very committed, all right? And so they're very committed. You know, you can tell they're just fans. Oh, the, the media team's messed up. That was me, the media team. All right. Like, this is, no, show them a, a real fan, a f real fan, Cowboys fan, it looks like, right? You know, and so listen, like, Cowboys. This is what happens when the preacher's, like, Eagles fan, right? <laughs> But when you go to these things, you get when you go to these things, right? You know, you expect you expect um, fans like not like that, right? You know, but you expect fans, and it's like that's normal. But when you see this, when you see a picture of uh, um, worship, right? When you see this, right? Many many times when we're seeing when we walk to a church and we're seeing committed people in worship or in prayer, some of us are like, oh, they're fanatics. They're too emotional. Like, they can't be that happy. So many churches in America, it's like, where's the joy? Where's the fully alive? Because when we're going to these places and, and celebrating these teams, like, it's normal. But the church should be fully alive. It should be normal to have full expressive worship, full expressive prayer. Because God, who meant we were dead, we're now alive. Once who were dead in our sins and trespasses have been forgiven. And yet we're... I'm telling you, Jesus died so that we may be fully alive. This is, this is the thing. Like, we should be in church. What, today we're going to talk about passion, right, as I mentioned last week. But there has to be a passion established in the church. But somewhere along the way, we come to church not believing that there's a Savior. We come to church not believing that today is our day. We come to church not believing that today is a day where we're going to encounter God. We come to church not believing that the breath that we have today came from Him. Listen, passion is big. Passion is big in America. 
you, you might leave here today as like, man, he, he's, he's just passionate because he's Puerto Rican, all right? You know, he just must have had some rice and beans last night or something, right? <laughs> passion, is, passion is big. Because it seems like it's appropriate to be passionate about everything else in America but God. I mean, if you look up, like, passion, like, like you'll see stuff like a passion for golf. A passion for fly A passion for bird watching. This is true stuff, right? And so it seems like we could be passionate about everything else. But when there's a Christian that says, I am passionate about Jesus, it's like, oh, you're one of those. But in every aspect of life, people expect passion. That's why we like going to Chick-fil-A, right? You know, they greet you, it's just such so, so passion. Like, they're just heavenly sent, right? You know, it's like, how can I help you today? Oh, blah, blah. oh my pleasure. Jose got out, he managed junior, social security. Like, they know everything about me, man. But then we go to a place where it's like, what do you want? It's like, uh-uh. This is something that we desire. It seems like we're passionate about everything except For, for, the, for our sneakerheads, we got passion for our cars, we got passion for our nails. All right, I was checking, I was checking if it was going to keep going, right? We got passion for our, for our homes, there's so, passion for so many things, and, but Jesus is living with passion, right? Jesus was clear with living with passion. He was clear about this, Right? You know, in a sense, there was a, a man who walked up to Jesus, pretty much asked Jesus, like, listen, what's all this about, in short, right? And Jesus responded in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He said, like, tell, tell, like, tell us, what's this all about? Like, what's really the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, all right, I got you. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with, say, all. Passion, all right? And you shall all your heart with, your soul with, and with all your. That's it all, right? Hey, here's Jesus, right? He, he says, listen, this is, what's going to, this is what's going to define your life. All. And you shall love the Lord your God, God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. I mean, you got to be able to sense Jesus' passion with these words. Jesus saying that we are to love God. The repeated word constantly is awe. And when Jesus repeats something, we need to be able to listen. We need to pay attention. Why is Jesus saying awe? Because he knows that in this life, if we're not committed, and we're not passionate, if we're not careful, we don't guard 
all of it, right? If we don't guard the, our heart, if we don't guard our soul, if we don't guard our mind, if we don't guard our strength, we're going to be in danger of losing our passion. Jesus said, we have to love God. We're going to have to love God. We're going to have to serve God. We're going to have to love people. And we're going to have to serve people. Like, wouldn't it be awesome? Like, listen, this world would be awesome if there was no people, right? <laughs> and some of us, like, man, you know, if we had this list, like, listen, my life would be great. This person, this person, this person, this person, this person. But Jesus says, no. Like, listen, if you're going to live a passionate life, an all-in life, you're going to have to love me with all of it. You're going to have to love the people. Jesus saying, listen, you're going to have to give it all, no half-heartedness, right? And this is what's happening in church in America, right? There's this half-hearted commitment. I'm just, don't make me put my praise dance out. <laughs> Getting drunk. <laughs> listen, but there's this half-heartedness. We want all God's blessing, but we don't want to give our Oh, like we want the heavens to open, but we want to give our all. Oh, this is half-hearted commitment. But Jesus said, all right, don't blame Pastor Jose. Don't blame this tall Puerto Rican cute guy. Like, listen, don't blame. No, 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 no. Jesus said, he, I want it all. I want it all. I wasn't there for a moment because if anything else matters, if anything's going to matter, it's because Jesus says something we need to adhere to. But here in America, we have choices. We have options. But Jesus made this declaration. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, Christianity... Is a statement which, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important, right? You can't say, and I, you and I cannot sit here and say that Christianity is important if we're not passionately committed, right? Because the the people that make the biggest difference are people that are full of passion. If you look at history, it wasn't the people that had it all. It wasn't the people that knew it all. It was the people that were passionate about something. Passion is a difference maker. In your home, in your circles of influence, who is making a difference? In your communities. Who is making a difference? It's people that are passionate that are making a difference in this world, that are going to continue to make a difference in this world. Nothing great is done without passion, church. Passion is what motivates people. As I mentioned this, this weekend, wrestling. and Man, when I tell you, like, I am so proud of, of my son, right? Like, this kid is, I still get nervous, man. Like. Even when I wrestled, like, ah, not watching him, I'm like, 
I'm getting nervous before he's going out there, man. And, um, but man, he was, he was just so, he was beastish. Because last season he hurt his shoulder and his shoulder is not 100%. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be tough and stuff. But inside I'm like, oh man, I'm so nervous. You know, oh, that he's going to get hurt again. And blah, blah, blah. But man, this kid was so strong. And now semi-final match before he, oh, um, he was wrestling the number one seed kid. And this kid's a senior and this kid's a little stud. And, um, and Sia being a sophomore, right? And um, man, he almost pinned him. And he got him this, oh, he got him this deep. And this kid, he got off the mat and he told his coach, like, that kid was strong as heck. And I was like, yeah, boy, yes, he is. Right? <laughs> you know? And then he comes to us and, you know, he said, yo, man, like, I thought you had me. And um, it's like, like, how long have you been wrestling? He's like, well, I'm a senior. I've been wrestling for 11 years. How about you? I'm, I'm a sophomore. I've been wrestling for four years. And he's like, yo, this kid. But this is the difference. Sia, he's been getting up. He get up. We get up at 4.30 in the morning. We go to the gym at 5. He's getting strong while I'm watching. <laughs> and his strength is incredible. But he has a passion. He has something that motivates him to get better. And this is what passion does. Passion moves you to get better. But if he was not passionate about something, if he wasn't motivated to, to get better, to get stronger, he wouldn't. Because passion fuels us. It's what energizes us. So we have to, to ask ourselves, what has healed my zeal, my passion for my Jesus? Without passion, your life becomes, it becomes dull. It becomes boring. Without passion, your life becomes routine. And now we're no longer living. We're just maintaining and we're just existing. Here's the thing about passion can easily be lost. Passion can be easily lost. Get or have something new, right? When you get or have something new, like it equates to um, to passion. How about this? When you got a new car, right? When you get a new car, um, that car gets washed every 30 minutes. Go to the grocery store, uh, you park that car, you know, 20 spaces where nobody can touch it, scratch it, put a dent in it. Uh, no one can drive it. Nah, it's you. It's your baby. But then the new car smell wears off. 
the dashboard takes the place of a filing cabinet. And you don't care who drives it as long as they fill up the tank. Because you no longer have that passion for it. How about when you become a new parent? All of the conversations um, on the baby. Taking pictures of the baby every single minute. Then by the third time, or then by the time the third child comes along, they're wondering later in life, why are there no pictures of them? <laughs> Jayla's like, <laughs> Jayla's like, um, the second child, forget the third. Sorry, right? Somewhere like that passionate excitement. <laughs> 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 when our firstborn was there, you know, it was like, ain't nobody carrying him, you know, with Jayla, was like, <laughs> There's so many things that we started life with passion, oh, and then it's gone. And Christianity's no different. Christianity's no different. All new Christians start out this way, right? We get passionate when we first learn the great truths of the gospel, of the good news. Um, when we first learn that every sin we've committed has been totally and completely wiped away. What? What? Like everything that I've done wrong is no more. As far as the east is to the west and the depths of the ocean. Word. Oh my goodness. Right? We're so thankful that our sins have been forgiven. That they don't count against us. When you feel that God made you for a purpose, that God wants you and that he has deep meaning and, and, and purpose and love for your life. And that your life matters and that your life is significant. Oh, we're so thankful, so full of passion. When you first learn that your name is written in the book of life and that one day you will spend eternity with. There was a moment in the time where that excited us. Does that still excite us? Is there still passion for that? Are we still looking forward to the day the trumpet sounds? Are we still looking for the day where we are with him for eternity? Or is, as a church in America, has, this, has we made this our home? Or do we look forward to the day that we're going to be with, with Christ? We used to be so excited to tell everybody about the gospel. We were so excited about... To share with the lost. But somewhere way we've grown cold. Or we've run out of gas. Conviction is replaced by enduring life, right? What, was, what once convicted us. And we're so sweet spirit. Now no longer does. And so we're just enduring life. But passion is important. I love coming over here in this section, man, because it gets so, like, eyed wide and stuff. And, but listen, like, passion is so important church and, and God wants to speak to each and every one of us says I got you I haven't forgotten about you I see you 
I know you, and I want to put that in you because that spark is there. That spark was there. And if something's able to be lost, it's able to be recaptured again. Listen, it's able to be recaptured again. Tell somebody, it's able to be recaptured again. So we can get a fire in our hearts that won't go out. Are you with me this morning, church? We can get a fire in our hearts that won't go out. The Apostle Wall warns us about losing passion with this plea. Look what he says. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. He says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep, say keep, your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. All right? The key word there is keep. Listen, church, that means that it's not automatic. Because like, I just don't feel like it, right? Uh, I, don't, I no longer have that passion. It's not automatic. We got to fan it to flame, all right? What has been ignited in there, what has been stirred in there, we have to fan the flame. But how do we recapture this, right? A couple things I want to share today. How do we recapture this passion? One. Jesus knows that uh, you're better off young, all right? Jesus knows that you're better off young. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants us young. Now, yes, God wants us to... Mature. Jesus, Jesus didn't say stay immature. All right, he didn't say that. But Jesus did say, "I want you to have a childlike posture." But so Jesus didn't say he wants us to be mature. But God doesn't want us to be like these old grouchy Christians. Like, this is the place, right, where our sins are forgiven. There is hope. There is joy. But yet, why do so many outside the church is like the meanest place? But there's something about this childlikeness that God wants us to have. See, when I first became a believer, like, I, I was in a kid. the joy of the Lord was not there, and, and um, I remember in my prayer times, I would just do those childlike things, right? And so in my, <laughs> I remember just going home, and as soon as I walked in, it just felt so dark, but I would go in my room, and I would put three chairs down, and I would welcome God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Right? And I, that would be my prayer time. It was just a place where for me, it was like, man, this is how I imagine me talking to God. It was just a childlike posture. What is your posture? What is it? Or has your soul become so grown and so mature? You grew out. And this is why I always love about Jesus that, you know, Jesus grew out or grew up to be a man, but he never grew out of being a son. 
there's this relationship that he has with the Father. And we have to get to a place to understand, like, man, we, that, we need to mature, we need to grow. But there has to be this childlike faith in our, in our lives. Right? Just question. Like, why didn't Jesus come as a man? Why did he come as a, as a baby? It's just pictures that God wants us to see and know how important it is to be in that stage of life. And yes, there's prophecies and there's that place and we see God reminding us in that place where I have that childlikeness. One of the things, I mean, I loved, I loved the season where my kids, like, they were very young, and no matter what we did, man, like, their eyes would light up. They would just light up, right? All my magic tricks were amazing. <laughs> right? And they were just, I would wow them. They were like, it was just that, this, this, the childlikeness was just incredible. What used to light up your eyes? When you first came to Christ, what was the thing that just wowed you? What was the thing that made your heart skip? What was that thing that just made you cry? Some of us, we came to church, we sneezed. Thank you so much, right? It was just so sensitive. Two. Jesus knows you're better off dead. If you want passion, you're better off having a childlike faith. And Jesus knows if you're going to keep your passion, he knows that you're better off dead. Don't walk out yet. Matthew chapter 16 verse 25 says this. It says, for whoever wants it will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, dying to sin is more alive. Or it's more, not less, alive. Right? And so dying to sin, some of us think like, God just wants, he, he doesn't want me to have no fun. No, 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 listen. If you die to sin, you're going to be more alive than ever before. Romans 6, 11 says this. In the same way, count yourself dead. Say dead. Dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Jesus wants us dead because he knows we're better. Because when we're dead to sin, we're going to be so alive. We're going to be so full of passion. We're going to guard the very things that Jesus wants. If we die to ourselves, we'll be more alive than ever before. And honestly, like, dead church. Not a lost church. Like I want us to be a dead church, not a lost church. I want us to be a church that is dead to sin, dead to ourselves. Not a lost church that has lost its passion. I want us to be a dead church. A, a church that recognizes that we need Christ every single And we need to understand that we need to be a church that we, don't have, we haven't lost our passion. Because this world around us needs a people that recognizes who they are and needs a people. That have a passion for something or someone. But yet the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. 
And if he can't take your salvation, then he's going to take your passion so that you won't extend that passion, that message to anyone else. Oh, I have a, a beautiful family. I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful family. My wife is awesome. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. My wife hooked it up this weekend. Usually, like last year, I went to Virginia by myself. This she came. She drove all the way down. Man, she hooked up. I couldn't even make it past last night. And she, I was like, I need you. I have amazing kids. But my life is not simply evolved around keeping my family. Not, not only keeping my family intact. Because before I had my family, I had a Jesus. Before I had a wife, I had a Jesus that rescued me from my lostness. I had a Jesus that rescued me when I had no hope. I had a Jesus that rescued me from my sins. I had a Jesus that mind. And I, when I said yes to Jesus, I was a single dude with a six-pack, right? And um, <laughs> my wife said, true, right? But it was all absorbed about me. Before I had all that I have today, there was a yes that I gave to Jesus that I was dead. I no longer live for myself, but I live for Christ. Into marriage was still commitment to the kingdom and the cross. And that's my commitment responsibilities to my children was still commitment to the kingdom and the cross. Born to the church. That's dead to sin and alive in Christ. Third, Jesus knows you're better off dependent. Jesus knows you're better off dependent, right? If you're going to grow with passion, if you're going to keep that passion, Jesus knows that you're better. John 5, 4 says this. <clears throat> it says, as the, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides, say abide, abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus knows that you're better off dependent in him. And when I start depending on God, I start depending on me. And when I start depending on me, things get shaky. When I start depending on me, stress starts to kick in. Anxiety, regret, frustration. And then passion is then replaced by pressure and panic. I'm in my A game when I'm dependent on Christ. Like my passion is there when I'm dependent 
on Christ. When I'm dependent on myself and my own abilities, like, I know. When stress is happening, frustration is happening, it's because I'm not being dependent. I'm not being connected to the source. That first part, John 15 verse 4 says this, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. Let me ask us a a passion-defining question. Let me ask us this question. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are right now? Like, think and look where you are today. Has there ever been a time in your life where you were more closer to God than you are today? If the answer is yes, then what happened? What happened to that passion? What happened to that closeness? But usually we lack passion because we've lost connection. Usually we lose passion because we lose connection. This is why Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me, stay connected to me. Because every single day we have an opportunity to meet with God, right? Every single morning we have an ability to connect with God. God's, the God of the universe says, come, talk to me. The God of the universe says, come, come and read my word. He says, come and worship. And every single day, God invites us to have connection with him so that our passion, our zeal may remain. And many of us don't take that invitation, right? And when we don't take that opportunity, that invitation, then we ask, why? Why do we lack? Why don't we have passion anymore? Jesus says, listen, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you're going to produce much apart from me. This God of the universe desires for us to be close to him. God desires to be close to you. He desires to be close to us. That's what he wants. And as we close, Jesus knows your better off future focus. Jesus knows you're better off. We're better off future focus. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. Look what it says. It says, Jesus replied, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back, and looks back as fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus knows you're better off future focus. No one puts a hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Right, in the context of Jesus talking, they understood what farm work was. And understood what it meant to take a plow that is they look back every seed that was going to it was going to be all done for a psychologist said this he said what a person believes about their future is more important than anything that has happened in their past 
or anything that is happening in the present. What a person believes about their future is more important than anything that has happened in their past or anything that is happening in their present. And this is why the Word of God tells us the most important thing. The three most important things, Jesus says. The Word of God tells us. What are those three things? Hope, faith, and love. Hope, faith, and love. And the greatest is it's love. And so when we have a future focus, knowing, man, the past was terrible. My life circumstance right now might be difficult, but I have a future. I have a purpose. I have a God that says I will, he will never leave me nor forsake me. And if nothing ever good happens, quote unquote, on this earth, I know that my future is secure. I know that my future belongs to a creator who loves me. I know that this is not my home. I know this is not all. And so when the enemy causes us to look at our lives today as if our lives is not sufficient, we will live a passionate, joyless life. But we have to live, learn to live a life with passion. And one of the ways we live a life with passion, one is to live with the Spirit of God in us and leading us. Listen, church, I want you to leave this place. That one of the ways to leave or live passion is to allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God to live in us and to unleash a compassion. What happens is sometimes we think that a way to get breakthrough or a way to break out of discouragement is by someone encouraging us. But one of the ways that God works mysteriously is that when we are discouraged, God wants us to stir, stir ourselves enough and unleash a compassion to encourage somebody, to show grace to somebody, bless somebody. That starts to break the cycle. When you're discouraged, encourage somebody. When you're hurting, encourage somebody. Be that for somebody that you want for yourselves. But don't stay stuck in a place. Don't stay stuck in a place where it's like, whoa, whoa is me. No, the Spirit will move in us. And when you do that, God starts doing a miracle in us that doesn't, it doesn't equate to this world's standards. But when you are hurting, ah, do something for someone. Let us rise. this morning 
discouraged. You may be here this morning in your present time having a difficult time. But I know there's a God that sees beyond our physical eyes and there's a God who sees deep within you. need to refresh our vision and live with passion. We need to refresh and live with passion. Let's live a life of encouragement and grace. Let's live a life of encouragement and grace. preparing for this and getting ready and trying to figure out if you're here discouraged if you're having a hard time one of the ways to get this radical joy this radical grace over your life is to be a blessing and show grace and compassion to somebody else. Here's a young girl, and that was pretty, I didn't know who it was going to be. But here's a young lady who has a desire to be in business, and she does all types of stuff. What's the name of your business? Delicious Confections. You got your business cards? This, this morning, would you partner with me just to plant a seed in her business? And you might have a financial situation. But if we're going to be a church that has passion, we're going to be a church that's willing to go above and beyond. You nervous? Yeah, yeah. There's power in investment. There's power in just showing grace and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow in our lives. If you're here today, I'll ask one of the hosts. But again, if you, in this, this morning, if you wanted to just plant a seed 
because we want to be a church that is passionate. We just want to plant a seed. Just be whatever. You can text the amount to activate love. Uh, text um, 84321 is the text. Text 84321, text the um, amount and activate love. Or you can give check and cash. The host will be here and pick it out to activate. And we'll bless her. I don't know what she needs. And it's beyond, it's beyond uh, material stuff. Here's a young lady who's been trying to pursue Christ without her parents or any adults. Family-wise, you know, there's adults here that care and and pursue and encourage and have their minds. And we want to be a people that are, that we don't lose our passion. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, as you stir our hearts, Lord, we want to be a people, Lord, that when we're going through difficulties, God, Lord, that we are reminded that we're able to step in faith and plant a seed. And Lord, I just pray for each person in this place, God. Lord, I pray that we will grow with a passionate pursuit of you. That we will learn to be Christ or childlike. That we will learn to be dead to sin. And that we will learn to be dependent on you. And that we will learn to be future focused. And Father, I pray that in this season, God, that you will be a God that provides in all those areas in which your people, Jesus, you are Lord. And Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through you. The good news is that you died on our behalf. So that we may have hope. You resurrected. So Father, we commit this time before you. If there's anyone here this morning if you lost your passion or you just want prayer we want to pray with you this morning we want to we want the Lord to ignite that passion for your life I'm gonna pray close and dismiss if you want prayer please come Please come, and we want to bless you. Father, we thank you for this morning. We want to conclude. And God, continue to stir our hearts, God. For Lord, we want to honor you. We want to seek you, Lord. We want to love you, God. We want to know you. And Holy Spirit, we want to have this passion. God, we want to be excited and passionate like you. Because you see... The sun and moon rise day after day, after day, after months, after years. But somehow, that has not become routine. Lord, I believe you get excited when you see what you've created, what you've encountered. And Father, we want to have this passion that, Lord, this walk will not become routine, God. Lord, that we will find a way to connect with you, the vine, we're the branch, God, so that we may bear fruit every single day. Father, we rebuke the devourer, God, the thief, Lord, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Father, every area, any area, God, the enemy has come against your people, Lord. Father, I pray that today 
passion, God, will come by being connected to you. For you, Jesus, give life and give it to the fullest. You're the gift. So, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. If you need prayer, please come. We want to pray with you this morning.